All right, if you take God's precious word and turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. Lord willing, we'll be expounding verses 1 through 3. Excuse me while I blow my nose. Y'all turn to Proverbs 8. Sorry to blow my nose in your ear. All right. Proverbs 8, verse 1 through 3. The title of the message tonight is Doth Not Wisdom Cry? We're beginning a brand new chapter in the book of Proverbs tonight, which is going to lead us in a new direction. We've been learning in chapter 7 about the mindset, the character, the heart of the adulterous woman and and the adulterous man. And uh, now this is going to lead us away from the heart of the adulterous uh, people. Consider the heart of wisdom itself tonight. Solomon asks us a question in verse 1. If you'll look down in verse 1 with me, he said, Doth not wisdom cry? Now, this is a rhetorical question, which means that Solomon is not trying to get an answer from us. He's trying to make a point. And the point that Solomon is trying to make is, wisdom does cry. (laughs) We know that wisdom cries. Of course, when Solomon is speaking about wisdom crying, <clears throat> he's not speaking about wisdom crying in the sense of wisdom weeping, like it's shedding tears, but that wisdom is crying in the sense of wisdom shouting, wisdom shouting, uh, like crying out loud, okay, in the street, like the town crier, like they used to have. And so by this statement tonight, by this rhetorical question, here in the book of Proverbs, we're given fresh doctrine. <coughs> Excuse me, about wisdom. Fresh doctrine. When we consider wisdom, we usually think of knowledge, or cleverness, or the decision building, uh, the, the decision making capability of a particular person they have in their mind and their heart. But this verse here is teaching us something that puts wisdom in a whole new perspective. Tonight, we don't see wisdom as a possession that someone has in their mind. We see wisdom as a person that's crying out to the world. Wisdom is performing an action. She's shouting something. She's shouting something. You may wonder, well, how can wisdom be a person? Well, who who else cries or who else shouts but people? Right? Uh, is don't shout. Steps shout. Intellect doesn't shout. Shout. People shout. And let me turn my sound off there. Excuse me. That's alerting us to some bad weather. We already know about that. That's why we're online. People shout. And when we study our verses tonight, We have to understand that wisdom comes from God alone. Apostle James says, uh, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of whom? He says, let him ask of God. Uh, So God is the one who uh, has the wisdom, is the wisdom, and is the uh, source of wisdom. So when you think of wisdom being personified, Wisdom takes on the person of God. You see? 
in our verses tonight, Solomon is personifying wisdom. He's stating personal characteristics or, uh, or traits of wisdom. And since wisdom comes from God alone, when Solomon is personifying wisdom, he is superimposing the character of God onto the concept of wisdom. Flip that around since you're there. He's superimposing the character of God onto the concept of wisdom. So that when you think of wisdom, you see God. Because the two are inseparable. God is the one who's crying. God is the one who's shouting. His wisdom. Solomon says wisdom shouts. By that, Solomon is saying, I'll happen, and I'm sure this happens to you all too. I'll happen to be in a place or maybe walk into a room where two people are talking, and you walk in, and immediately the conversation will stop. And uh, Or if they see you in there, the conversation will consist of two people huddling, whispering in the corner of a room, and uh, they know that you're there. And perhaps other people are there. So what do they do? They lower their voices so they can't be heard. And why do people do things like that? I think it's kind of rude sometimes, don't you? But why do people do things like that? Why do they whisper when you're around? Very simple. They have information to share between each other, and they don't want you to have that information. Wisdom doesn't whisper. Wisdom shouts. <laughs> Wisdom shouts because God wants everyone to hear his word and live abundantly and joyful in it. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, God isn't huddling in a corner for his elect, you know. God isn't whispering, this is for uh, for us, but it's not for you. Wisdom shouts. Because God cares for every person and wants them to know his truth. Mark it down. How do we know that? Right here. Wisdom crieth. Wisdom shouts. God doesn't hide in the corner and whisper his wisdom in the ears of select people that he's chosen. And he said, I'm not going to cut this up with anybody over here. <clears throat> this my love and my wisdom and my grace is only for a few. God doesn't hide. Just the opposite. Who hides? Go back to the go back to the very beginning in the book of Genesis. You don't see God hiding from Adam and Eve. You see Adam and Eve hiding from God. <laughs> Amen. Uh, God doesn't hide. God doesn't offer his wisdom to the highest bidder or to the most special person. God's wisdom cries aloud so it can be heard by all. You can tune God's wisdom out, but you can't turn God's wisdom off. It's going to be shouting just as loud or even louder at the end of time. You read there in the book of the Revelation. In the book of the Revelation, you see an angel flying through heaven, preaching the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ. There in the very end, when men are at their most rebellious points in history, the world has gotten its darkest, and when sinners' hearts have gotten their wickedest, God's wisdom is still shouting. How beautiful. 
You can tune it out, but you can't turn it off. It is offered to everyone who will have it. Another name for wisdom in the Bible is understanding. Solomon says, doth not wisdom shout? Look back in your text now. And understanding put forth her voice. Now, real quick, notice that wisdom here is given the feminine gender. Her voice. And I believe wisdom and uh, cities also sometimes are referred to in the uh, feminine gender in the Bible because they both give birth to people and they nurture people. Cities uh, grow people. Cities nurture people. And praise God, wisdom uh, grows and nurtures and gives birth to people, right? By the wisdom of the gospel, we're born again. And Solomon says, wisdom puts forth her voice. Now, take your pens, if you would, and underscore the words put forth. Understanding, put forth, her voice, underscore put forth. I couldn't remember if it was puts forth or put forth, but it's put forth. Wisdom puts forth her voice. Now, take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 1. Man, this is good. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Shouldn't take you long to turn there. Can I blow my nose in your ear again? Wisdom chapter, I'm sorry, Wisdom chapter 1. Man, I'm telling you, I'm not feeling good tonight, but it's, it's Genesis chapter 1. And there's wisdom in Genesis chapter 1, but there's no book of wisdom. If there was, it'd be the one we was preaching from tonight. Genesis chapter 1, and let's look here in verses 16 and 17. Verses 16 and 17. Keep your pens handy. Get ready for a blessing. Verse 16, and God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. Now take your pen and underscore the words, set them. God set them in the firmament of the heaven. Why did he set them in the firmament of the heaven? To give light upon the earth. <laughs> he set them. The Hebrew word translated set here in the book of Genesis is the same word translated put forth in the book of Proverbs chapter 8 tonight. So how did God do this? He set the lights in the heaven. He put forth lights in the heaven. God set the sun and the moon and the stars in the darkness above us to give light upon the earth. Why did God set those lights in the sky? Because God wanted men to see. And who can see those lights? Anybody who looks up and beholds them. Even a blind man can feel the light of the sun. God wants us to see. He wanted us all to not walk in darkness but to have the light of life. And just as God set forth these to shine light upon the earth, this physical light, so he referring 
to the character of understanding here is letting us know that he has set forth understanding. He has set forth wisdom to do the same. He set forth wisdom to shine spiritual light upon the earth. So men don't have to walk in spiritual darkness, but they can have the light of life. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 tells us that Jesus gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. When Jesus gave these things to the church, he gave them to the world. He set forth, if you would, these gifts to the church. He set them in the darkness to shine the everlasting light of God upon the earth shouting his wise and glorious word through the preaching of the Bible. The Bible says Christians even shine as lights in the dark world. We're like stars. And this light shines. Why? Because God cares for you. You're able to tune in tonight in the comfort of your own home. Or you could drive uh, to church, but you're able to, to sit back by the grace of God and hear someone take the Bible and explain the words of God's wisdom to you. Why? Because wisdom shouts. Man, I tell you what, there has never been a time in the history of this world where God left his creatures on this earth without a witness of his light and his wisdom so they could know God and have everlasting life. Never been a time in history. God bore witness of himself to Adam and Eve. The creation bore witness of God. Uh, God sent Noah uh, to bear witness of that wicked world. He sent Moses. He sent prophets after prophet after prophet. He sent Jesus. He sent the apostles. And now he's sending us, the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists, God will never quit shining his light. The sun, the moon, and the stars were set forth. God first put them there. And the preachers of his word are set forth. And folks, we're not coming down. <laughs> we're going to keep shining the everlasting light of God until finally the Son of God comes. And we won't need our light anymore. We won't need a sun or a moon. And I don't think we'll need a pastor or an evangelist any kind of preacher or Sunday school teacher, I believe we will be uh, filled with the knowledge of Jesus Christ forever and ever and ever. And oh, I can't wait for that time to come. But this light shines because God loves you. God doesn't want anyone to live in darkness, <clears throat> but to come to the saving knowledge of Christ and to abound in the brilliance of his light and love. Solomon said, verse 2, she, that is wisdom or understanding, standeth in the top, <clears throat> excuse me, of the high places. When you stand in the high places, everybody can see it. When Moses put that serpent, when those people were bit by the serpent in Numbers 21, and they had to look at that serpent of brass, Moses didn't lay that snake down on the ground for them to look at it. What did he do? God said, you put it up on a pole. You set it up high where everybody can see. God has set his wisdom upon a hill. He set it in the top of the high places here, Solomon says. And lest anyone should be confused since we've been speaking about 
sacrificing and false worship in high places. Solomon, when he says high places here, he's not referring to the false sacrifice that's done in high places. In fact, God's word told them not to sacrifice in the high places, but in the temple where uh, where um, was the sanctioned place that God said only there should the sacrifices be made. So God isn't referring to false worship in the high places. He's referring to wisdom set in the tops of high places. Now, let me ask you something. Who sees things in the high places? Now, you think back about those Jews that had been bitten by that snake or those snakes. When Moses set that serpent up on the pole, there you had a serpent in a high place. Now, who saw that serpent in the high place? People in the low places, God's light in the high places. Isn't that good? (laughs) Who sees things in high places? People in the low places. People who look up and see the unavoidable lights and monuments and signs that have been lifted up for them to see. God set the sun, the moon, and the stars where? high above us where everybody could see them where they could not be missed where god's presence and creation and design would be unavoidable unmistakable when men saw it boy that's good the unavoidable unmistakable truth of god has been set in high places above us i think of billy graham not just the high places of the celestial I think of the high places, the political. I think of Brother Billy Graham, how God used him to testify to so many presidents over the years. And I say what you want to. I know I had problems with some of Billy Graham's beliefs, but I tell you what, he did preach the gospel. He did preach the gospel. I remember Adrian Rogers telling how God opened the door for him to go to Russia and preach to military leaders in Russia. He got to preach the gospel to them. I think of Moses, who got to stand before Pharaoh, Daniel, Joseph, Nathan, and so many other prophets that God raised up to the highest political places on earth and set them lights to give rebuke to kings and to offer them God's wisdom and direction. He sets his wisdom at the top of high places. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God in the firmament, or that is the sky where the sun, the moon, and the stars are, show his handiwork. When you look up into the sky and you see the moon and the stars in their glorious orbit, they are shouting wisdom from the highest places down to us here below. They're saying, it is God that has made us and not we ourselves. When you hear the ministers of God's word, they're telling you the same thing. God puts lights above us. God puts also lights down below. Solomon says, look back in your text now, by the way, in the places of the paths. God just doesn't put uh, lights up at the top of high places. He puts them down where men walk. Down in the the pathway where their feet uh, uh, trod. Some people say when you preach the Bible, you need to put it, on the low shelf so everybody can reach it. Don't preach over somebody's head. I tell you what, God shines his light 
all the way down to the path where our feet tread. How beautiful it is. We're ordinary men walk, people in flesh and blood, and, and make mistakes that are human, just like the rest of us. We have the light of God sent forth to us through the preaching and teaching thereof. Solomon says, verse 3, She that is wisdom crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city. Crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city. Reasoning with government. Reasoning with business people. Reasoning there with the common folk as they travel in and out doing their business in the city. Going about their way. Going about their pathway. Wisdom shouts to every single person. She stands and cries, Solomon said. Look back in your text, if you would, at the coming in at the doors. When I read this, I couldn't help but think of when I enter a large city, when Miss Tammy and I are out traveling. Uh, there's one in particular. I believe it was Memphis we entered in a little while back. And I remember crossing a bridge and going into yeah, I believe it was a bridge coming into Memphis, but I remember going into Memphis and just seeing the incredible structure and order of that huge city. And some cities are so magnificent, and I don't care for Memphis too much. I don't care for Dallas, Texas too much. In fact, I'd rather avoid it if I can. Boy, when you travel into Dallas and you climb up on one of the on the Mixmaster, you go up on one of those high places and you look over across that city. I'm going to tell you something you're going to see, and that's some incredible complex order. Some cities are so magnificent, so orderly, so well staffed and stocked to meet every human need. Great hospitals, educational systems architecture, libraries, churches, law enforcement, and the like, restaurants, whatever. I, I look and I think somebody, the concept of order in the human heart. Isn't that right? Man, you have a city, you're going to have order. You're going to have streets. You're going to have addresses. You're going to have zip codes. You're going to have uh, certain uh, districts where some things are allowed, some things aren't. But you're going to have everything there. You're going to be able to call 911. There's order when it comes to human society. And the only way that there can be order in society is if someone put order in the heart of man to desire that type of orderly structure in the human network. The same God that put order in the sky above us put order in the heart inside us and now we have order all around us. As we come in the doors of the city of the street, we're able to see the order of God and the order of man. The order of God and the complexity of our bodies. Lights shouting to us as we walk along the way. And in those things, in that order, in the heaven above us, in the earth around us, God's wisdom cries out to us, so as to not miss any of us, not a single citizen that comes her way. Every man needs the wisdom of God. Every business person needs the wisdom of God. Every politician needs the wisdom of God. Every society needs the wisdom of God. Wherever you are, wisdom is crying to you. Wisdom is shouting and pleading 
with you to take heed unto God's word that you may live abundantly and joyfully by faith in him who died for you. They need evidence of God. Friend, God's not hiding from you. He's shouting to you from the mountaintops, along the streets, every day as you go about your everyday life. He's shouting to you from the heavens above you. Albert Einstein once said that there was far too much order in nature for him to be an atheist. And he said what really made him angry was when people quoted him trying to prove atheism. It was order that convinced Mr. Einstein that there had to be a creator. God has set wisdom in every institution of nature. Look at the design. By that, you'll have the wisdom to acknowledge the designer. With that, we'll go ahead and close tonight. What wonderful truth we have. What a beautiful concept. What a wonderful kingdom truth. God doesn't hide in a corner. Man hides from God. God's shouting his wisdom. If only man will lean his ear forward and hear. Lord, we thank you tonight for your precious word. I thank you, Father, for all who tuned in tonight. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege of meeting together as a body in Christ. Even from our homes and Lord, though some of us are many miles away, we love you and I thank you for every single person who tuned in tonight. For every one of our precious church members, I pray for every single prayer request that was made tonight. Lord, for your grace to be upon them and answer their prayers, our prayers, Lord, I pray. Lord, thank you. Help us to have the wisdom that you uh, would have us to have. Make us wise. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to walk in your light and to be growing in your grace day by 